everybody, I'm Connor, that's Doug, and welcome to the Pawnee Pod, a podcast that explores the ins and outs of America's favorite television show about city government, Parks and Recreation. In this episode, we'll examine the staunch libertarian beliefs espoused by the character Ron Swanson. We'll also rank the show's minor characters, from Jean-Ralphio Saperstein to Tammy Two to Little Sebastian. We'll finish up by taking a critical look at the business prowess of Tom Haverford to see which of his myriad business ideas are most viable. Is the world ready for saltweens, the saltine cracker for tweens? Would baby cologne make any money? Connor, Connor, this is literally the best intro we've ever done. You're a fantastic person, and I'm bursting with positivity and Atkins energy. But this is not that podcast. This is The Bethel School District Presents, a podcast about the Bethel School District, and we have big news today on the new Bethel High School. The school board has awarded the pre-construction phase of the new Bethel High construction project to Cornerstone General Contractors of Bothell, Washington. The district interviewed four general contractors and their teams for the project, and Cornerstone General Contractors received the highest combined score. Construction on the new Bethel High School project is anticipated to begin in early 2024. That's just next year. Year. The construction timeline is 27 months with an anticipated opening in the fall of 2026, subject to permitting. We're also thrilled to announce that construction crews will break ground on Elementary 19 this spring and look to have it completed by the fall of 2024. The approximately 68,000 square foot building will house around 500 students. As part of the Office of Superintendent of Public Instruction's requirements for state funding, a constructability review was performed and the final reports were accepted by the Board of Directors and will be implemented. This is necessary in order to be placed on the list of state matching funds. The report is performed to review the architect's construction documents for thoroughness, coordination, and readability. The goal of this process is to improve the contract document's effectiveness in bidding, construction administration, and closeout. Connor, I appreciate your thoroughness on that read. Construction on the new Natchez Trail Elementary School is still on schedule for its completion this fall. If you've driven down Waller Road recently, you have seen it. The new 77,000-square-foot school will house 41 general classrooms. Once the new Natchez Trail is complete and staff and students move into that building, the old Natchez Trail will become home to evergreen elementary staff and students in 2024, while the renovation and expansion of their school takes place. The Evergreen Elementary Project will expand and modernize the current building, which was originally built in 1979. The project is scheduled to be completed in 2025. And construction's well underway on the Graham Kapausen High School expansion project. In fact, the school board recently toured the site to see how things were going, and they were sure impressed by what they saw. The 33,000 square foot expansions adding new classrooms, an auxiliary gym and weight room, along with larger common areas and administrative spaces. The new wing will allow students and faculty members to move from portables back into the main building. We love to see that. Once construction wraps up, GK will also be home to a new school-based health clinic, the construction of which is being funded through a congressional award that Congresswoman Kim Schreier spearheaded. It'll offer students and staff from GK, Frontier, and Nelson Elementary a free clinic for an assortment of medical needs. We love to see that. The health and safety of our students is always job one here in Bethel. And what better way to introduce this week's special guest? Joining us in studio today is Bethel's newest SRO, Becca Eckhart, Deputy Eckhart. Thank you so much for joining us. Let's start off with just some basic stuff. Can you give us a little background? Where are you from um, and kind of how'd you get here? So I grew up in Spanaway, actually just off of Beef Street here. You know, that was my home for 
gosh, like 13, 15 years. And then I moved to Tacoma. So, you know, Spanaway has kind of been been the area I kind of grew up in new. I, I remember when Walmart was built. So it's always going to be home for me, even though, you know, it's changed a lot. And one of the really cool things is that this is a more than just a kind of geography homecoming for you. You actually attended the Pierce County Skills Center. Can you tell us a little bit about what your experience was like at the Skills Center and how that kind of affected you in wanting to enter law enforcement? The summer of 2013, I took a couple summer classes. I took culinary arts and a graphic design class from the Skills Center. Um, sorry, work. Deputy Eckhart. This was not the only phone call Deputy Eckhart would get during her interview with Connor. While we could have edited them all out, we've decided to leave a few in just to underscore how busy and hardworking our school resource officers are, and we want to thank them for everything they do for our staff and students. It looks like Deputy Eckhart's wrapped up that call. An intrepid reporter he is, Connor has had her pick up right where she left off. Let's listen in. I was interested in a hotel and restaurant management class. I was thinking that's a smart way to go, you know, set myself up for after high school. They ended up not having a professor be able to come and teach and take over that class and that I had to pick a different class. So they told me criminal justice was actually open. And I was like, well, I've always been interested in law enforcement, like, you know, for kicks and giggles, let's go for it. Get a little feel, you know, I may not go that route. I went there and really loved the class, super interactive, super informative. You got hands-on experience, and I'm very much a visual and hands-on learner. I do really well learning that way. That's always been my style. And so being able to have the hands-on, some of the laws and some of your defensive tactics of self-defense pretty much, I kind of found that this was great. I enjoyed it. I even got high school credit and college credit, which was I wasn't even thinking about going to college at this time. It wasn't until about a year after I graduated from the Skill Center that the Skill Center sent me a piece of mail saying that, hey, up at Burien, there's a women's law enforcement event. And so I was like, hey, this is interesting. I'll go to this. And that's kind of where I found out that, wow, this is really what I want to do. I'm still interested in this. And I was advised that having a degree helps, even if it's just an associate's degree. And so that's when I was like, okay, I'm going to go for it. And I went to Pierce College and worked and Graduated right before COVID hit, and then I kept applying for departments locally because I knew I wanted to work where I grew up. I love the Skill Center. I wish I had found it years beforehand because I would have tried out so many other classes just to get a feel for, do I want to be a vet tech or do I want to do fire? But definitely criminal justice was by far the best and fun class there. And it worked out well for you. You turned oh, yeah. it into a career. After you've become a deputy, there's a lot of kind of routes you can take in terms of how you spend your time and what your role is within the department. What made you want to become a school resource officer? Typically, you work for a couple years on patrol, but there was an opening for school resource deputy. And I had been talking with the sergeant for that. And I had a couple of people say, hey, you've got the qualities that people look for for a school resource deputy. Deputy's job is never, never done. Deputy Eckhart. As an SRO, you're not just there for the students, you're there for the school admin, the parents. It's a lot of different communities in the school. And so I was like, okay, well, let me shadow. And I shadowed one of our SROs and it was neat seeing that relationship she's built with her schools and students. 
And that's what I've always strived for. You know, my first interaction with law enforcement was my mom's car got broken into and that changed my life as a kid. I know just the value of what a five minutes can do. It can change somebody's life, direction, everything. And so I decided that, you know what, this is where the most impact happens because a lot of times, you know, on patrol, you're an adult, you can decide whatever you want and consequences are right there. Whereas in the schools, sometimes we have the ability, if they're young enough, to show them right and wrong and there's gonna be consequences. And so that kind of made me decide that this is what I wanna go for. And, and you're, you're relatively new to this SRO game. What's been the most interesting part of the job so far and what's been the most kind of satisfying so far? Well, I've only been on it for two weeks. So I think the most interesting part so far is just seeing how all the school admin work hard. You have teachers who pour, and even campus safety, they pour their heart and soul into it. And they have a love and they care for all these kids. And seeing that to me is just refreshing because on patrol you see not so great things. And so being able to see that there are people who love and care for kids because kids don't always have that at home. And for me, that's been kind of the part that makes me happy to see. If you could kind of talk to a student who's at, uh, who's, who's maybe who's about to go into the skill center mm-hmm. and maybe they're not sure what they want to do there, maybe they're like you and they saw that there's all these cool programs, what would be your advice to someone who's thinking about entering law enforcement, who's thinking about going through that path at the skill center? What would you kind of tell them that you wish someone would have told you when you were getting ready to do that? To go into law enforcement, you have to be 21. You know, a lot of times if you're 16 to 18, you're kind of in that limbo of, I have to wait till I'm 21. The only thing I can say is, if you don't know what you want to do in life, take courses at the skill center. I know several people that went in and did the IT stuff or they did the mechanic side stuff and they took that skill and maybe you don't want to do it as a career. But it's something you've learned that now, like whether it's a hobby, you end up doing that. Now, if you took that mechanic shop, you now know how to change your oil. You know, it saves you 50, you know, or a hundred bucks every three months instead of taking your car to get your oil changed. You now have a skill. If you take that skill and turn it into a hobby, great. If not, you know, you turn it into a career and it's a great career. I'm always one to push for, if you don't know, dip your feet in, dip your hands into different things and find out what classes you enjoy doing because to be honest if I didn't take that course I would not have ever thought I would be in law enforcement because I enjoy my coffee I would have stayed as a barista so that's kind of all I have to kind of offer on that that's great advice about the skill center because it is so I mean even if you don't turn it into a profession you can't go wrong knowing how to kind of cook an egg or change your tire I mean these are all great skills to have one of the things we talked to Deputy Morrison when she was in this seat we asked if she had any kind of guilty pleasure cop shows that she watched. Uh, so we'll ask you the same thing. Any shows that you watch, you know, kind of your Law and Orders, or even if you want to take it back further to some of the kind of 90s shows, any any cop shows you watch that are completely not accurate, but they're fun anyway? Oh, gosh. So growing up, my mom liked some of these older shows, and it probably was the seed that planted law enforcement in me, but it's called Adam 12. It's, it's definitely a more 70s show. When I was six, that's what we watched. And, you know, I love watching the show Cops, too, because it shows you black and white. This is how the job is. This is what we do. And it sounds weird, but I actually enjoy Justice Judy. 
not exactly cop show, but it's a lot of some of the stuff that, you know, law enforcement deals with on a regular basis. A little more on the civil side, but, you know, sometimes you call and you just got to figure out, okay, is this civil or do I have something criminal here? And I've got good memories of family with watching that. And so those are kind of my guilty pleasures there. Those those are all good ones. And uh, thank you for the recommendations. And, and thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you for calling me in and sitting down and talking with me. And that's going to do it for this week. Connor, I have to get out of here. I have tickets to go see Mouse Rat at the Pawnee Civic Center. Ooh, that sounds fun. I'd love to join you, but I'm already seeing Duke Silver tonight at the Snake Hole. Tell Jean-Ralphio Saperstein I said hi. Until next week, I'm Doug. That's Connor. And we're out of here. Three words for you. Treat, yo, sell.